Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of the Final Corner Podcast. On this week's episode we'll be taking a look back at the Belgian Grand Prix from Spa. We'll also be taking a look at the BTCC races from Knockhill. We'll also be having a quick look forward to uh, the next week's Italian Grand Prix from Monza. And following on from that we're at Magello, I believe, for Formula 1. And next week we're at Fruxton for the BTCC. Big news coming out this week's weekend for the Formula 1 was that the engine mode ban. Um, so the ability to change the engine modes between qualifying and the race has been pushed back to Monza, which helped uh, Mercedes maintain the advantage. Um, it's thought that the Mercedes engine will struggle the most with that uh, change, but ultimately Mercedes car is strong enough to really probably deal with it. Um, all the engines are suspected to to suffer a bit, lose a bit of pace, but it's really designed to pull Mercedes a bit closer up to Red Bull and the other cars behind. Big news going into qualifying was um, the lack of pace from Ferrari. This track is really just highlighting their engine troubles and losing all the performance that they had last year. And also last year, it was suspected and pretty much confirmed by their FIA deal that they were breaching engine regulations, um, which was giving them the extra pace. This weekend they didn't obviously have that, um, which ultimately meant that they qualified 13th and 14th. Um, at one point during the race, I think I saw on one of the onboard speedos that they were 25 miles, 25 kilometres an hour slower in the straights, which is just a massive, massive gap to everybody else. Um, in qualifying, it's a pretty disappointing result for Racing Point. Thought it would just would be a strong track for them, um, given the Mercedes engine, but only qualified eighth and ninth, um, really not living up to the potential and the rumoured pace of that car. It seems to have good pace in practice, and then everyone else just takes a step into, the, into the qualifying the race, and they couldn't match it. Good result for Carlos Sainz in seventh, Renault. Got a fourth and fifth on the grid, um, and the top three is really as you'd expect. Lewis Hamilton, Bottas, with Verstappen behind. Lewis Hamilton setting a new track record of 141.2, half a second quicker than Bottas. Uh, Verstappen just a couple of hundreds behind Bottas. Bottas was pretty pleased with his qualifying, t- uh, he seemed pretty satisfied with P2. He obviously believed that being second, uh, keeping his nose clean into the source would give him a good run uh, through a rouge, rather on the camel straight and be able to slipstream Hamilton. And that, that was definitely how it was looking coming out of turn one and uh, coming down towards the rouge. Hamilton got away well, Bottas got away well, but Bottas was tucked right underneath. However, Valtteri lost, lost quite a bit of time and uh, speed going through Radion. I don't know if he lifted off or if he just lost a bit of front downforce, I didn't really see an onboard, but he, he dropped back from Hamilton quite a bit, Hamilton was quite comfortable, got in uh, turn 5 quite happily uh, in the lead. Verstappen pressurising Bottas all the way on the straight however, but he ultimately had to defend from Daniel Ricciardo, fourth on the grid, who was trying to overtake his old teammate, um, ended up going off the track, Verstappen ran a bit off the track and kept third place. Track limits this week they were talking about enforcing them if you go over the the outside curbs, um, but oh my way, the guys were off and nearly every corner, every runoff area, the guys were right off on the edge of the curbs and it was just allowed, which 
makes you feel like Codemasters should pay attention and start making their online penalties in F1 2020 a bit more lenient um, because track limits there uh, you've got a millimetre over the line and I'm sure sometimes when you don't even go over the line give you a, give you a warning and a penalty here though being really really quite lenient um, and allowing the guys to use the curbs on all the exits Looking back down the field, Leclerc got a good start up to P9 and up to P8, but ultimately he dropped back. Um, top three just settled into the rhythm. Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. There was really, there was no, there was no point in the race that looked like any of them were really pushing too hard and really looking to challenge Hamilton. Um, there was one point in the race where Verstappen got up to about 1.2 behind Bottas and Hamilton was probably one, one and a half seconds in front of Bottas at that point. And it looked like Verstappen may go for the undercut, but ultimately uh, Red Bull chose to just play it safe, take P3, not risk dropping behind the Renault of Daniel Ricciardo uh, and just settling for P3. Ricciardo, really quick a week, so was Ocon. Um, Great straight line speed uh, for the Renault. Uh, they had a great race last year at Monza and they brought similar form here. Uh, they were struggling a bit through sector two, uh, but they managed to get a great exit at the slow corners and really use their uh, top speed advantage along the straights. Early on in the race, we had a safety car. Pretty nasty crash between George Russell and Antonio Giovinazzi. Um, Giovinazzi. Initially, I thought it took too much curb on inside uh, the uh, chicane towards the end of the lap, the end of sector two. But ultimately, it, when, once you see him on board, uh, it was a bit of a strange spin. He didn't take too much inside curb, so it didn't look like he could destabilise the car too much. He must have just gotten the power a bit too heavy. Uh, the back end stepped out, he overcorrected into the barrier. Worryingly, um, his his wheel came off, I think it was his right rear wheel, um, came off and was running loose across the track. Ultimately, uh, George Russell ran into this, straight into the barrier for him, big damage. Um, it pretty much highlights though why the halo was brought in a couple of years ago now. Because that, if that tyre was bouncing and it came over the cockpit, that's a really serious incident. Thankfully though for Russell, it just hit his wheel, um, neither of them were injured, able to walk away. But that did bring out a safety car. Um, it was as you were really the safety car apart from Ocon had to wait behind uh, Daniel Ricciardo in the pits. Renault choosing to stack their drivers which allowed Albon to get back ahead of him. Um, Charles Leclerc had a really long stop, about 10 seconds. Uh, Ferrari weren't ready for the tyres. It just, it seems like nothing can go right for Ferrari at the moment. I mean, we're constantly hearing complaints about their strategy, we know how slow their car is. Um, they don't have any pace in qualifying, they don't have any pace in the race. And it seems just operationally, strategy-wise, on the engineering side, I mean, everything seems to be going wrong. Um, in fact, other cars had their tyres ready in the pits and Ferrari didn't. Cars ahead of them were ready before Ferrari, even though they pitted at the same time. It's pretty poor looking for them. The only two guys not to put though under the safety car uh, were Pierre Gasly and Sergio Perez. Gasly started on the hard tyre, Perez started on the soft. Gasly made a great move at the start of the race to get past Perez, going through a rouge. 
Um, Perez squeezed him up against the wall really tight, really strong defence from Sergio, uh, but Gasly managed to get past. Uh, he had great pace on the hard tyres, uh, racing point, and AlphaTauri opted not to pit those guys. Seemed a bit strange not to pit Perez, because suddenly he was on the soft. Um, they also just wanted to throw a bit of a gamble there, I guess, to try and, uh, to try and get him further up the field. So those guys were sitting P4 and P5 at the restart. Um, Verstappen's probably quite happy about that because it kept uh, some gap, a couple of cars between him and Ricardo. Verstappen was worried after the race that if he had dropped behind Ricardo, uh, if he had made an additional stop, they wouldn't be able to get past him just because of the straight line speed of the Renault. But that gave uh, Verstappen a bit of breathing room at the restart, having um, the, the two non pitters behind him. It was a good drive, to be honest, between uh, well, four um, the Alpha Tower. It was probably one of the strongest drives Gasly's had, and he's been really strong all season. Um, he really had great pace on the hard tyre, um, and then, then, then switching to the mediums, he was really quick again and managed to work his way through the field back from the basically the back of the pack up to P8. Um, those cars look really strong, so they should be quite strong again this week at Monza. Uh, Christian Horner confirmed that they were running the Monza spec at this race, so they should be quite quick. Um, the only real drama up at the front was that Hamilton reported a loss of power um, on lap 16, but the team confirmed that was just an ERS harvesting issue. Uh, there was nothing for it to be worried about. It did look initially like there might be an issue because Bottas closed to about 1.2, but Hamilton quite quickly um, just drove off again. Albon, under safety car, pitied, uh, took off his soft tyres and put on mediums, which was a bit of a gamble for Red Bull. Ultimately, didn't pay off. Um, he ended up finishing P6, losing out to Ocon in the last couple of laps. Um, Ocon had dropped behind him. Under the pit in the pit lane, but managed to get ahead again. Another, another pretty. I wouldn't say it was a poor race for Albon. He probably did the best he could. The P five, and uh, qualifying P six in the race. He was slightly disappointed to drop behind both Renaults, but ultimately, I don't really think the dropping behind Ocon uh, was his fault. It was a bit strange for him to go from under the mediums so everyone else went on the hards. He was just run out of tyres at the end of the race. Um, although, if he had went on the hards, he may have had the same issue because the front three guys all had to back off towards the end just to just to keep the tyres going. Uh, for once, the AWS graphics looked about right. I think they had to lose Hamilton's tire, front left tyre about 10% and he backed way off the last few laps just to avoid a puncture like we've seen in uh, Silverstone at the British Grand Prix. All three guys at the front just backed right off. So... If Albon had gone on hard tyres, he may have had the same issue. Um, but P6 for him is probably a bit disappointing. But uh, probably a bit of salt in the woodens after the race, though. Lewis Hamilton was asked what Red Bull were missing from, <laughs> from challenging them harder. And his answer was a good teammate for Verstappen, ultimately. Um, which is a, it's a fair point. Albon needs to get up to the pace, closer to Verstappen. Uh, pretty soon even if not matching Verstappen he needs to be sitting behind Verstappen within the pit window of the Mercedes because ultimately 
getting towards the end of the race, and Verstappen goes up to about 1.2 behind Bottas. If, if he had Albon behind him rather than Ricardo, um, he could have pitted and forced probably Hamilton to pit, or even Hamilton and Bottas to pit. And Red Bull would have been more comfortable in the knowledge that they had Alex Albon try, maybe trying to go at the end. So it would be less of a gamble for them, and they could play more strategic risks, make take more strategic risks. But ultimately, they've, they've not got that at the moment. They've got Verstappen there. If he, if he pitied, he'd probably drop, or almost definitely would have dropped behind Daniel Ricciardo. And then he's in a fight with Ricciardo, who's really quick. Um, so they really need to get Albon up closer, right behind Verstappen. Um, it doesn't look like they're going to do what they did last season and drop him. Every time they're speaking public about him, they're backing him. Um, they're fighting back against the criticism pretty well. They're backing him with experienced race engineers. Um, there's no real talk um, from Helmut Marco about him. Um, Helmut Marco's mentioned uh, Gasly is doing well. He's mentioned Kvyat is not doing well. But there's not really been too much on Albon. Um, Red Bull seem pretty committed to keeping him and getting him up towards Verstappen. But if Red Bull really want to win some more races this year, they're going to have to get him closer to Verstappen just so that it gives them an extra chance to to play with strategy, just to just to get basically to play second fiddle with Verstappen, but help Verstappen possibly knock a win or two. Or even get Albon up onto a podium one race if a gamble doesn't go right. But at the moment they've not got that option. It's it's pretty it's, Albon I don't think drove badly, but it doesn't look too good for him about down in P six here. But Monza Monza might be a bit of a trickier track for Red Bull, given the speed of Renault and given that they're not going to have, like they had here, Sector 2 with a bit slower. Um, they're just going to have fast corners, apart from and then a slow one at the end. They're probably going to be pretty quick. Um, so it could be an interesting one next week. I mean, I think Renault will be looking at it as a big opportunity, but it's... It's one that Red Bull needs both drivers up there to fight fight off both Renault and to put a challenge on Mercedes. So it finished how they started in the first four. Um, Dan Ricciardo got the fastest lap on the last lap of the race. Um, he had cut down Verstappen's gap to him from 16 seconds to about 3 seconds. Uh, which shows you how much the front three were backing off and also the pace that the Renault had and the time management that they had that in the final lap of the race Ricardo was able to push that hard and get that lap time out of it and also <laughs> Max Verstappen had dropped was the last lap I think he had dropped about 10 seconds off his normal pace um, which yeah. some some ways I want him to make a more durable tyre in other ways, I want them to make a weaker tyre because either way, you're going to have a bit more mixed up. Um, the way at the moment, one stop races are just dreary. Um, there was the only I was kind of hoping for a punch out the front of the end just to have a bit of excitement uh, to give Ricardo a podium as well, but that, that wasn't going to happen. Um, for McLaren, disappointing for Carlos Sainz, didn't take the start. He had a power unit issue which uh, blew out the exhaust. Uh, Lando Norris came home P7, almost got P6 at the end uh, on Albon, uh, one more lap and he was a hard up. 
Um, he got close towards the bus stop chicane at the end, but ended up walking up and running wide, which stopped him putting a proper move on Albon. Gasly came from the back of the pack after his pit stop up to P8 in front of Lance Stroll in P9 and Sergio Perez in P10. Just not seeing the racing point pace again. Uh, I thought this would be a really strong track for them. Same with Monza next week, but it didn't pan out. Uh, they looked decent in, in practice, but it seems everyone made a step forward during the weekend this week, and they didn't. Um, so P9 and P10, or even on the race pace, it probably could have had a bit more, but P9 and P10, it's a couple of points on the board for them. They're not... The, the drivers were speaking a few races ago about podiums and really pushing at the front. That's just not materialising. And Alpha Tauris are looking good again. And as, as Alpha Tauris keeps taking step forward, the racing points going to drop back a bit. Um, engine mode ban might hurt racing point again with the Mercedes. Drop them back towards Honda. Uh, and with Renault being so quick, they're probably... Mons are probably not going to be the track that it was as strong as I would expect it. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen finished a good 12th though. Uh, he got in front of both Ferraris, uh, Charles Leclerc and Sebastian Vettel. Vettel was 13th, Leclerc 14th. Neither driver happy. Uh, Leclerc had to make an extra pit stop. Uh, he had a pneumatic leak so they had to fill his car up. We uh, fared again. Uh, Vettel was complaining on radio and strategy and tyres and car performance. Just not happy at all. Um, there was rumours that he would sign a contract this week with Racing Point slash Aston Martin. That never happened. Um, at least publicly it never happened. So it's like his future still a bit in limbo. But all the rumours are suggesting that he is going to end up at, at Aston Martin next year. Um, but no announcement this week. Uh, Roman Grosjean finished 15-16 for Latifi. And in last place, 17, Magnussen. Um, Haas, really struggling again. Gunther Steiner, uh, this week confirmed that they're not going to develop this car. The car is as it is. They're going to put all their effort into next year's car to try and make a step. Um, it's going to be a hard year for both the Haas drivers. I don't really expect to see them anywhere near the points at all. Um, the car's not good. They finished behind. Williams, um, they're, they're not don't really have much pace at all. Grosjean drove a bit better this week, and then they didn't almost cause a crash. And there was one moment where I think Perez was coming past them that I would thought, oh no, here we go. But no, didn't do anything untoward this week. Um, Haas also come for a signer this week. Also said that the driver lineups totally in limbo for next year. He may go with two completely new drivers, he may go with two rookies, he may keep the same two drivers. My gut feeling is that Magnussen will probably stay and Grosjean will be gone. Um, who will take Grosjean's seat? Um, Hulkenberg's rumoured, but Hulkenberg to the back of the pack, does it really make sense for him? Um, it gets him on the grid, gets him on the grid for 2022, possibly, but it's does he really want to be driving around the back of the field? Because he's done the, the, the pace that he showed at the 70th anniversary Grand Prix. I don't think he really would. But we'll wait and see. Um, disappointing for McLaren. And disappointing for Williams and Jim Um But a shame for 
George Russell because he was he'd done well, got in a Q2 again. Uh, I'm not caught out with that. That crash it really wasn't his fault. Uh, what it means though is that Lewis Hamilton has a 47 point lead over Max Verstappen, has a 50 point lead over Bottas. Bottas, he said before the race, he was asked, Do you need to win this to really have a chance in the title fight? And he said yes. And he was nowhere near winning it. Um, he couldn't put the pressure on Hamilton. Hamilton had everyone in hand. Um, so another week where he drops back yet again. Uh, closed in on second by a few points, but all in all, he's not finished in the top two between the first race and this one. So it's been a it's been a poor run for him. Um, he really needs to. Well, let's be honest. He's not going to make up fifty points without Hamilton having either non-starts or DNFs. Uh, without that, he's not going to make up fifty points. Alex Albon is up to fourth in the championship uh, and 48 points. Um, it's showing the gap between him and Verstappen quite starkly there. Um, being 50, 60 points behind. Um, yeah, 62 points behind. The maths, right? Quite a big drop back. Uh, Norris, 6 and 45 points. Curse just ahead of him, 45 points. Daniel Ricciardo up to 8th. 33 points, matching Sergio Perez. Um, still no points at the back for Kimi Raikkonen, Latifi, Russell or Crojean. Team standings are, as you'd expect, at the top. Um, pretty uneventful there. Um, Mercedes just pulling out a massive lead. They've won it already. They pack up goal. I think pack up one can probably still win it. Renault, um, McCarn. Uh, racing point for and Renault though, it's getting a bit interesting in the midfield. McLaren's still third, they've got 68 points on the board. Racing point, fourth, 66 points. Ferrari, 61 points in fifth, and Renault, 59 points in sixth. So there's only nine points separate those. Next week in Monza, Renault are going to be really strong. I'd like to see one of the drivers getting on the podium there. Um, I think they're probably going to have the pace to put a challenge on the Red Bull. Uh, and they'll, they'll, I think they'll at least be fourth and fifth uh, behind for Stappen. They'll at least be there. And I think if they can get a good run of it the first few laps, just, they should be able to get ahead of at least one or two of the Red Bulls and be able to put a challenge on for that podium. That's my hope anyway. They seem to be able to control the tyres well and they had great speed. So that that's what we're looking at next week at Monza. Um, Another bit of news is that they announced the remainder of the calendar for the year, so we're going back to Turkey at the end of the year, which is exciting. Um, it's a track that I can remember there being some decent races. Um, also had the, the clash between um, the two Red Bulls back, I think, 2010, 2011. Also had a good fight back then, the McLarens of Button and uh, Hamilton. So it should be a good track. Um, I'm just happy that we've confirmed that we're only having one race at Sochi because it was rumoured at one point that we would have two races there. Thankfully though, it is just going to be the one. Um, but we are going to have two races at Bahrain and we are using the, the loop track which is about 55 second lap. Um, I can see that being a pretty dreary one myself but a lot of people are excited about it. Um, I think if they add a third DRS zone, 
onto the back straight for the last corner. We could have a, an exciting race. I'm just not excited with that layout. Um, I'll be interested to see them do something different, but it's not a layout that's exciting at the moment. Hopefully, though, um, I'm wrong, and if they add that for DRS on, it should be quite, should be quite interesting. Uh, you would have had, although the last corner is probably not a big enough breaking zone, it'd be a clean overtake opportunity. It at least makes uh, the run into turn one more interesting. And then at the end of the second straight, you've got a, quite a tight right hand up um, that usually goes into the, the S's section. Um, so that there's at least two overtaking opportunities there. But next week is Mercedes first. Second and hopefully Ricardo or Ocon third is my hope anyway. Also, other bit of news is that Williams has been sold, and uh, they finally found the buyer. It's uh, been sold to an uh, investment firm I think in America. Um, I wouldn't. I'm not really expecting many changes this year, uh, but I can see there being big changes next year to that team. A lot of the talk is that we're just seeing finance, but it clearly went wrong in many other areas the past few years. They've fallen back, right to the back of the pack, so there's also been design issues, there's been operational issues. Um, and obviously had the issues last year with Paddy Lowe and the car not making the start. So, and Claire Williams this week wasn't too drawn on her future. Um, she's basically saying as it was um, for the remainder of the season. But I can see there being some, some changes there uh, coming the course season and certainly running into 2022. Um, every every constructor needs to get that jump to 2022 cars right, otherwise they're going to have years of pain. Um, and that, I think that's, that's where Williams need to make their gain, it's where teams like Haas need to make their gain, is get their core design right for that. Be competitive, be in the points, and just start building and building. Because if you get that wrong, you're going to have years of pain uh, trying to catch up with everyone else and understanding how the new cars work. So that'll do it for F1 at the moment. Uh, we'll then move on to the British Touring Car Championship from my favourite track, my local track, Knock Hill. Um, bit sad, there was no fans there. Um, there was talk a few weeks ago that fans may be allowed and almost the Scottish Government and allowed Knockhill to allow around 200 fans which Knockhill opted not to use um, not, the reasoning was that they have about 800 season ticket holders to allow people in multiple events over the summer um, plus all the regular ticket holders who had bought tickets for this year's BTCC so there would be no fair way for them to pick 200 out of the 800 season ticket holders plus all the extra thousands, hundreds who bought the the event tickets. Um, it's a bit of a shame because I was I was I was I was looking to go over. I was excited to go over. Uh, I passed the team hard. Worries come up the motorway this week, and I thought, yeah, I might maybe want to nick over there this weekend. Um, but ultimately, going to knock your website and everything else, we weren't going to do it. Um, it seems a bit. I'm not a public health expert, but it seems a bit ludicrous to me that you wouldn't allow people to stand in an outdoor field around a couple of mile long track with masks on, socially distant. Quite a windy place, not kill. So I really didn't see the rest, to be honest. Um, I 
but I would have thought they were probably at least allowed in all the season ticket holders about 800 people but ultimately Scottish Government are being really really uh, strict they're taking their time on the Covid restrictions which you can understand but to me outdoor events seem pretty safe there's ways and means you can control social distancing you can have stewards around just asking people make sure people are standing apart you can have queuing systems in toilets I've been to an ice cream run today where everyone was queuing um, I mean <laughs> there's ways you could do things uh, to make it safe but my fans weren't allowed which is a shame um, but we've still got some good racing uh, qualifying was Ash Sutton on pole Jake Hill second, Colin Tuckerton third, Dan Cameron fourth, fifth was Ingram, sixth was Butcher. Um, Aidan Moffat in the laser tools, we spoke about him last week, he finished 0.386 behind Ash Sutton, his teammate who was on pole. Um, he's not really closing the gap in qualifying pace, but I mean, at least he's got himself in the top 10 this week, uh, which I'll be happy about, and it's Ash Sutton's first pole this season. Um, but he had been struggling to qualify so far this year, but making it up in the race. But this year, this weekend, he seemed to have it nailed, uh, taking qualifying by five hundredths of a second. Um, opening race, Ash Sutton ended up winning it. Lights to flag, pretty simple for him. Um, Colin Tuckington managed to get him up to second, um, but couldn't really catch up with Sutton, couldn't really pressure him at the start. Um, Josh Cook, another terrible weekend from him. Uh, crashed out at race one, which brought out a safety car. Um, it was the rear end and went backwards into the barrier. It's like a pretty big shunt, um, but he managed to get his car back on the grid to race two. Uh, Dan Camish had a pretty disappointing race for him. Um, he had tried to go around the outside to the hair, final hairpin, which you just can't do at not kill. Um, unless you're really far ahead uh, there's a guy in front unless you can get three quarters of your car ahead you can't really do it um, he, he got hung out to dry and ended up dropping down the order um, so I almost finished I sitting with a good one pretty comfortable with Colin Tuckington Jake Hill got a podium and uh, it was a good result for Ingram in fourth Butcher finished fifth um, he might have been a bit disappointed about that Kissing its home track, uh, it wasn't closer. Dan Cameron is always in more points again to Tuckington and Sutton. Tuckington just keeps his nose clean, gets himself as far up as he can, and never takes risks, um, which almost why he wins titles. Maybe not the most exciting on track every time, but he takes titles, and that's what matters. Uh, Aidan Moffat, probably a bit disappointed with race one, he ended up dropping back to ninth. Um, Adam Morgan in 12, Proctor, Smiley and Bordley got himself a point um, and then into race 2 it was sucking away from the lights pretty well uh, Tucking in under him, Prof got good starts um, Josh Cook who got his car fixed and back on the grid immediately spun on lap 1 coming down uh, through into turn 2, turn 3 down the hill just having absolutely no luck this year at all. It's been absolutely awful for him. He took a win last week that was then taken away from him after the race. Um, due to, I think, ride height infringements. His car was too low. 
which is disappointing for him because that was one gleaming light they had. Um, it put him at the back of the grid for race two last week, but with winner's weight, so he couldn't make the progress that he wanted uh, then. And then this week, crashing out of uh, the first race and race two, uh, end up a lap down. Um, actually, fell lap down and retired the car. Um, he managed to get himself out of the gravel, got a push out, but it brought out a safety car. He was a lap down. Ends up um, getting his car ready for race three. Um, as it started, um, Rory Butcher was looking quick at the restart. Um, tried to sling one up inside the hill, going down turn, three and, turn two into turn three. Um, ended up going off and it spinning into the gravel, which put him right back down in order. Um, he ended up down P12, I think, after that. Helmo uh, managed to recover at P10. Disappointing for him again, being his home track, he would have thought he would have, he would have been expecting to be further up in these first two races and really challenging Tuckington and Sutton, uh, trying to close in the gap in the championships that he had, um, but unfortunately that didn't happen for him. On screen graphics at one point I thought I'd broken, because every time they went round, it's a short lap here, so the graphics were updating relatively quick this week for once. Uh, but Matt Neal every time he crossed the line just seemed to drop to the back of the pack and I was like, these bloody graphics every week they're either slowly update, they're wrong and this week they're broken it turns out actually he had a 10 second penalty that was being applied mid-race to the time screens um, he had got that for um, I think it was a, either a false start or being out of position in his grid box um, he only dropped back down to P15 at the end of the day, he's penalty applied, um, but it was a bit, yeah, a bit of shame for Matt because he's actually going pretty well. He's fighting quite well with Adam Moffat. Often he was doing pretty well. I think he was running P five, P six at the end. Oh, he dropped down fifteenth. Um, it's a bit of shame for him. Uh, there was another safety car, Andy Neat crashed out of McIntyre's. Um, was a bit, was a bit. Annoyed about this, but frustrated watching it because it took them a while to send out the safety car. There was marshals on track on the outside of the track um, for at least a lap until the safety car was brought out, just under yellows. Don't like seeing that. I don't like seeing marshals standing, especially on the outside of the track, outside of the corner, um, at a car um, where other cars flying past. I don't like seeing that at all. So the safety bar was a bit late there. Um, but after the restart, we got a nice move from Moffat up on the whole front, finishing P5. Strong finish for him. Um, he'll be happy to get up there uh, on his home races. Um, it was won by Ash Sutton, Tuckington second. Ingram managed to get up on the podium third, and Dan Camish fourth. Um, Camish just didn't really seem to have the the pace all weekend to challenge at the top and he's dropped him back again um, in the championship. On a race three, uh, the reverse grid with Sarah Proctor on pole and Rory Butcher alongside him. Um, had a great start from Butcher off the line. Managed to get ahead of Proctor uh, down at turn one and then scooted off into the distance. Uh, unfortunately there's a red flag on lap two brought out uh, after 
Ollie Jackson had a bit of a bump with Adam Morgan and ended up spinning. Um, seemed like an innocuous bump from Morgan on his uh, right rear wheel of Ollie Jackson. Just clipped him going up into the chicane and I walked up Jackson's rear wheel. He spun at the chicane. Uh, Mike Bushell straight into the side of him. A couple of other cars taken off. I think Osborne, Golf, Neat. All either had to go off the track or picked up some damage from that. Um, which is a bit of a shame. Josh Cook just managed to avoid all that contact. Probably the best bit of his weekend was just avoiding another crash. Um, which, with the red flag, only gave him an hour chance at the start, but it was exactly the same again. Butcher, great start, straight off the line, into the lead, and it led to the end. Um, it was under investigation at one point for uh, a possible false start. But only kept his win at the end. Um, Senna Proctor came home second. Tom Chilton had a good race. Managed to get himself up through the field up in P3. Um, it's not been a great start to the season for him. But he's managed to pull himself up there. And get himself a podium. Tom Alfin came home in P4. And cutting away his teammates' championship lead in this race. But overall the weekend falling behind a bit. Camish, Smiley, Moffat. Moffat did well, finish 8. Three finishes in the points this weekend. It's a good step forward for him. Finished in front of his teammate, who had won the first two races and had winner's ballast. But that'll be a good, that'll be a good boost for uh, Moffat this weekend. He's had three points finishes. He's looked pretty quick in the race. Um, he had good battles in this in this uh, race with Chris Smiley. Never able to get past him, but he managed to overtake Turkington a couple of times as a swap position. Managed to hold off Ingram as well. Sutton. One point it looked like um, Turkington was going to end up spinning out, coming to the final hairpin. Sutton and Ingram ran in each other. Well, Sutton ran in the back, Ingram and Ingram then ran in uh, Turkington. It was managed to all keep clean. Uh, Chris Miley managed to hold on to seventh. Uh, Matt Neal managed to come and get another point finished in 12th. Uh, Adam Morgan after his little bump uh, with uh, Ollie Jackson at the start. Let's finish on 15th and Josh Cook got a point. So that's a positive for him. He got a point. Terrible weekend for him again. He's just having no luck at all. Um, first first race, but first two involved in incidents that were probably wasn't anyone's fault but him. Bit unlucky last week for losing the win, but he needs to start keeping his nose clean and getting points on the board. Um, it's it must be so depressing every weekend, something going horrible wrong. A couple of drivers are missing from the grid this week though. Uh, Andy Hamilton was missing uh, because of his crash, as it was his teammate Oli Brown at the previous round. Oli Brown, uh, I think, had a fracture of his ribs, which is a painful one. It takes a wee bit to recover from that. Uh, I've had some rib damage before and it's no fun. Uh, you think you're fine and you do something and it goes again. Uh, it's still fun. Uh, Hamilton's car had damage that couldn't be repaired in time, but they are expecting at least Hamilton to be back on the grid this weekend in Fruxton. Um, what this weekend meant is that Sutton and Turkington are just pulling away in the championship. Um, it's, it's looking like it's a two horse race. Rory Butcher sitting in third. Um, he's quite a way back now, though. 43 points behind Turkington. 
can change quickly in turn cars, but talking is just putting points on the board, points on the board, uh, Sutton's getting wins um, and just having solid race performances. And now this week at least, his uh, qualifying performance was there as well. Oliphant is in fourth, Camish is dropping back, he's had reliable issues for a few weeks. Um, had a relatively clean weekend this week that way, but ultimately dropping back, Ingram again dropping back. So it's looking it's looking like a two hour race at the moment going into Fruxton. Um the BMW Turkman just looks pretty solid and he, he just keeps his nose clean every single week. And Infinity Ash Sutton's looking super quick every single week in the race. Um, I can't remember a race where I've looked at him and gone. That he, he looks like he's struggling with that. He just looks on it constantly, even when he's got weight on the car. Um but next week we're in Fruxton. It's a, it's a great track, I'm quite looking forward to that. Um, hopefully, some of the guys start to call on Turpentine's lead and bring it all a wee bit closer. Because um, I want a good, want a good title fight going in the last few rounds at uh, the end of the year. And certainly don't want it to be over too quickly. But, I mean, last year I think I had six or seven drivers going in the last round that could, could have won the title. That's exactly what I want to see again this year. Um, we've got five more rounds to, well, five more weekends to go. Another uh, fifteen rounds. Fruxton next week. So we've got Silverstone, Croft, Snetterton, and then Brand Tatch again for the final race. Interesting to see them going round Indy for the final race rather than the Grand Prix circuit. Um, I was just thinking the other day about uh, the Rockingham circuit. I kind of missed that one. I mean, good if that one was still going, but I think it's demolished now, um, which is a bit of a shame. I've always liked that one. So that'll probably do it for the BTCC. Um, Fruxton should be a good weekend. Uh, the only other bit of news that interested me this week was that Shinoda has been confirmed for a young driver test in the, the year in Alpha Tauri. Everyone keeps talking like he's going to be in that Alpha Tauri car pretty soon. Um, Everyone's bigging him up. He's performing pretty well. He uh, won the first race this weekend. He was involved in an incident in race two. Um, but he's been performing well. He's got a couple of wins. There was talk of him potentially taking Kvyat's seat next year. But considering they've put him in a young driver test at the end of the year, um, they may be looking at 2022 for him to come in the F1. But I don't think it'll be too long until he's there. He's uh, He's been driving well this year, and AlphaTauri and Red Bull probably dis you know, voiced their disapproval of Kvyat again, yet again. They're, they're saying they're disappointed with him. So, I personally don't think he's driven too badly. I mean, P11 this week qualified in front of Gasly. Uh, Gasly, as it turned out, had the quicker strategy this week. I managed to overtake him at the end, um, but I don't think. Personally, he's driving too badly. I mean, the crash at Silverstone wasn't his fault. Um, but it's a shame that that had happened because he looked like he was actually going pretty well. Could have got some points on the board. But I think the writing's on the wall for him again. That will probably get Shinoda in that car. It's not next year, the year after. Which I think will be a good addition to the grid. Obviously, a good driver. Um, Gasly's driving brilliantly there. So. Who knows, it'll be in that AlphaTauri, wish you know, if it'll be Gasly or Albon. 
Uh, that'll be interesting to see. But next week we're at Monza and uh, Fruxton. So we'll have a look back at those races next week. Uh, thank you again for downloading. Uh, we should be on Apple Podcasts now. We should be on Spotify now. Um, Google, hopefully soon. Um, it's going through all the submission processes. Um, and you can get the RSS feed directly from our, the website as well. I'll tweet out again. So thank you for listening yet again. Um, hopefully it wasn't too long. But we'll see you next week.